Happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, August 30th, 2019. And as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. I say it every week, but uh, no weekend more than this weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. It's the last weekend in summer. I mean, that's it. I mean, summer begins in September. September begins tomorrow. This is your last big holiday weekend. This is your last hurrah. And for those of you out there that bust your ass for a living, this is your weekend. All those other weekends have a meaning and have people that they recognize. This is your weekend. You get up and punch a clock for a living. This is your weekend to celebrate that fact. Enjoy your life a little bit. And it's also the end of summer. So people like me, the fall lovers, can rejoice. We're going to talk a little bit more about the weather in just a moment. But uh, yeah, your summer's over. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. All right, before we get into what's been going on this week, let's go ahead and get today's birthdays out of the way so that we can get into the shit. We got some weird stories. We got some NFL predictions. We got a lot of stuff. Just stick with me through the birthdays first, folks. All right, happy birthday to Mary Shelley, Ted Williams, Robert Crumb, Louis Black, and Cameron Diaz. Also, on this date in 1968, the Beatles released their first single on their own label, Apple Records, and that single was Hey Jude, with a flip side that happens to be today's song of the day, and that would be Revolution. It's a hell of a single to release, don't you think? Hey Jude, and the flip side of that is Revolution. That's uh, That is a monster single. Anyway, that's today's birthdays. That's today's song of the day. Let me give you the real quick three reminders I give to everybody every week for the new people that are finding me for the first time. Reminder number one, this is not a professional podcast. It's done. It's an amateur podcast. It's done on my phone. I've literally done them in the kayak while I was kayaking. I typically do them around the house. You're going to hear background noise. It's not edited and mixed perfectly. It's meant to be that way. It's meant to be like we're sitting on the on the deck shooting the shit. And I, apparently I forgot to say that part a couple of weeks ago because my daughter's friends reminded her of it. Um, sorry, guys. Just thought I'd mention that. Reminder number two. I have musical interludes at various locations in each one of my episodes. I have an intro song. I have a song at the end of the day. I have a song that takes us into the birthdays. And now that we're back into football, I have a song that takes us into the football picks. And you can't hear any of that if you're not listening on an anchor platform. The, the, the podcast pushes to the other platforms, you know, Apple Podcasts and Pocket Casts and all of that, but the music doesn't. You have to listen on Anchor, so it's free. You get my podcast and dozens of others. You just go to anchor.fm if you're on your computer or download the free Anchor app if you're on your smartphone or your tablet. And the last reminder I give everybody every week is if you got a moment... If you're so inclined, swing by the website, TomPowellJr.com. It's TomPowellJr.com, uh, where you can pick up a copy of my first book. You can you can read my blog. You can see pictures of my family, pictures of my vacations, uh, get a link to my podcast, a link to all my different social media. Go, go like the Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but then hit that, hit that link and go get yourself a copy of my first book, which is entitled A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and taco-loving deadhead, available in paperback and ebook formats. All right, with the bullshit out of the way for the week, let's go ahead and get into what's been going on this week. And I have to start this week with two stories 
that actually make me kind of happy. The first one is something that I alluded to just a little bit ago, and that was the weather. We got the, uh, the outlook on the, on the weather forecast for this winter, and, and they're calling it a, uh, what are they calling it here? They're calling it a polar coaster. Crazy, insane cold weather, insane up and downs, snowy, cold. Basically everything I look forward to in a winter, and most of you hate. And they did say specifically the coldest of the air temperatures looks to be over the northern plains and the Great Lakes region, of which I am a part of. If you're just finding me for the first time, I am in the far southwest suburbs of Chicago in a small town called Shanahan. And uh, I fucking love winter. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Fall is my favorite. Winter is fucking awesome. Uh, Followed up by spring, and then, of course, summer being my least favorite month. So the fact that we are in the last day of August, and we are moving out of summer and into fall, makes me happy as a schoolgirl. And then hearing that we're going to have a cold-ass winter, bring that shit on. Because it was a little warm. We got a lot of rain this summer. I'll give you guys that one. You got a lot more rain days where you couldn't get out and enjoy your summer. But you know what? I don't feel bad for you. Because it got hot for a minute. And I don't like the hot. The hot sucks. And here we are at the end of August. And during my landscaping days, this is about the time of year when I'd be chopping at the bit for some changing leaves, some cooler temps, some hoodies. And it's, it's starting to get here. And the fact that we're looking down the barrel of a polar coaster. I, mean, I got hard nips, folks. You could cut glass with my nipples right now. I'm that excited. Bring it on. I don't want a mild one. I want 42 in the wintertime. Okay, 42 is what I get in the fall. I want some 10s, some teens, some below zeros. I want some cold. Hovering around 7. That kind of shit. Don't give me fall temps in January. You can give me fall temps in January on two, or in, 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 yeah, in January on two specific dates. The day I leave for Jamaica and the day I come back from Jamaica. So I really don't want to wear jeans on the plane down to Jamaica. And listen, even if it's 10 below, I'll rock the shorts, but I'd really like to rock the sandals too. So you can give me 40, 45 on those two dates, the coming and the going. Hey, throw in a little drizzle. I don't give a shit. But the rest of winter, it looks like it's going to be a cold one around the Chicagoland area. So buckle up, bitches. The second story that I had to start off the podcast this week is another story that made me kind of happy. Because if you know anything about me, and please forgive me, anybody listening in the Boston area. But uh, I really don't like Boston sports too much. Uh, I have a few people that I recognize as being true greats in the Boston sports legacy uh, machine, Larry Bird, Ted Williams, uh, but when I look at Boston sports as a whole, it makes me want to fucking puke, uh, primarily because of the Patriots, the cheating Patriots, they're going to start getting people clicking off the podcast left and right, but a story came up this week, the Boston Red Sox, who are just tearing ass through the entire league, uh, were out in San Diego playing a game, now it's tradition in Boston that the PA announcer plays Sweet Caroline, 
and the whole crowd sings along to it. And when they get to the chorus part, the whole fucking stadium goes nuts and, and you hear, bum, 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 good times. You know, so anyway, Boston is in San Diego. The Padres PA, PA guy puts Sweet Caroline over the loudspeaker. And Boston, is, they travel well, okay? Boston is like the Cubs and the Yankees and that they, they, tra- they, they have a fan presence in every city. And all the Bostonians in, in the San Diego Stadium are like, ah, cool, man, we're going to rock some Sweet Caroline. It's going to feel like home. And so they, they put on Sweet Caroline, and everybody starts singing along. And when they get to the part, the chorus part, when they get to the bump, 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 and all these Bostonians start swelling up with air to get ready to really belt it out so that they can make their presence felt in San Diego, boom, motherfuckers got rickrolled. The PA guy switches over to Rick Ashley's, never going to give you up, never going to. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Superb. I salute you, sir. I salute. That is a perfect Rickroll. And if you find some videotape of it on YouTube, all these Bostonians, they know that they're on foreign, on foreign, uh, on hostile territory. They're, you know, they're in, a, they're in an opposing stadium, and they know that they don't have the numbers, so they really got to belt out that bump, bump, bump to make their presence known, and you can see them all kind of like gearing up. Bump, bump, bump. And then Rick rolled. <laughs> Sorry, Boston, but I, eh. you guys with your, with your Patriots piss me off. So I have nothing good to say about Boston. It's going to piss off some of my listeners, but whatever. Anyway, those are the top two stories I wanted to start the broadcast with, the show with this week, because those stories made me happy. But now we have to move on to the ignorance, because that's what we cover here. We cover the ignorant, the stupid, the insane, the asinine. And we've got our fair share of it yet again this week. The first thing I need to point point to in the, in the world of ignorance is um, there's a video it's a little bit of an older video but there's, it's been recently going around uh, Facebook and it's basically of dumbasses failing basic civic questions guys walking around with a microphone and asking people you know uh, do you know what's who's the current vice president of the United States you know, shit like that and people are just getting everything wrong and one of the questions happens to be how many stars are there on the American flag? Um, and a lot of people were getting it wrong. There were some people that were getting it wrong because they were saying 13, meaning the 13 original colonies, so they were at least on to something, I would suppose. There were people, a lot of people that were saying uh, in the upper 40s, like 47 and 48 was a common answer. But there was one woman in this video that really took the cake. I, I've watched the video probably 25 times. And not the entire video. I've watched this one section, this one woman on the video probably 25 times. And i got to be honest with you, I can't fit this level of ignorance in my head. I can't figure out how she came about the answer she came about with. So what the guy asked her, so how many stars are on the American flag? And she says, 
And I'm generally paraphrasing, but I'm getting it very closer. Well, there was 13 original colonies, so you take 13 minus the 50 states there are now. So 13 minus 50, that means it has to be 47 stars. I'm sorry, you fucking want one? You want, you want to repeat that? Well, there were 13 original colonies, so you take 13 minus the 50 states that we have now. So 13 minus 50, that means there has to be 47 stars. The fuck are you talking about? First of all, you got the number of stars wrong. Okay? I commend you for knowing that there are 13 original colonies and currently 50 states. Because the rest of your answer is indicative of somebody who wouldn't be smart enough to even know those two tidbits of information. But then to go on and say 13 minus... 50 equals 47. I hope, with all hope, that nobody has put you in charge of anything important, wherever the hell it is you happen to be employed. 13 minus 50 is 47, huh? This is a severely inside joke, but around these parts, that's what we refer to as Lisa math. I mean, come on. 13 minus 50 is 47. Jesus Christ, I have been fucking rip-roaring stone to the bone on some of the finest weed this planet has to offer during the course of my lifetime. And even I have not been that high to say 13 minus 50. I once carried on an hours-long conversation with a three-year-old who I thought was a Czechoslovakian immigrant midget who couldn't speak English while I was on my first-ever trip of acid, and even I would have looked at you and said, that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. 13 minus 50 is 47. That's the kind of ignorance that leads to the social media bullshit that we have today, which is the next thing that I have to transition into. And you know I had to bring it up, and that's this fucking chicken debate. Popeye's, Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, Chick-fil-A. First of all, that's the kind of shit that consumes the American mind and shows you the level of ignorance that we're dealing with that makes shows like this possible on a week-in and week-out basis. But all of you motherfuckers are wrong. That's the next part of this whole thing that's shocking. Popeye's Chick-fil-A, Popeye's Chick-fil-A. Neither! Alright, I'm going to settle this shit for you real, real quick. The best plain chicken sandwich in the business is the original Burger King chicken sandwich. Period. End of discussion. The best spicy chicken sandwich in the business is Wendy's original spicy chicken sandwich. Neither of those two sandwiches have a competitor in the industry. You guys are arguing over second place. (coughs) If that. You sure as fuck aren't arguing over first place. I've given you the first place. BKOG chick. Wendy's OG spicy. 
And there's the truth for you. The double truth, Ruth. And I'm not talking about the Burger King chicken sandwich after they fucked it up and put like like their version of spaghetti sauce and, 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 and cheese on it and tried to tell you it was a chicken farm sandwich. No, it's not a chicken farm sandwich. I'm talking about the original chicken sandwich, the long bun, chicken patty, mayonnaise, lettuce. That sandwich, the OG. That's the best plain chicken sandwich in the business. Period. Period. And there's not a spicy chicken sandwich in the world or in the in the fast food industry that's that's competing with Wendy's OG spicy chicken. Not even close. <coughs> and the spicy chicken nugs? Oh, so good. So good. So good. So I don't even fucking know how the conversation got on to Popeyes or Chick-fil-A. But I got to tell you, KFC is handling it great. And in case you haven't noticed, that's a little bit of sarcasm right there. KFC, in the midst of the great chicken war of 2019, the chicken battles, motherfuckers are literally getting into fights in fast food restaurants over chicken sandwiches. Blows my mind. And what does KFC do? KFC announced this past week they're going to start in one store in Georgia introducing their new Beyond Chicken item. Beyond Chicken. What the fuck is Beyond Chicken, you might ask? Well, let me explain to you what Beyond Chicken is. Beyond Chicken is a non-chicken fried chicken that has been produced by a company called Beyond Food offering plant-based food instead of meats uh, to the consumer. And so KFC is offering in this one store, they're testing it out, Beyond Chicken, and it's chunks of fried chicken in a bucket like you get from KFC, only it's not chicken. It's some kind of, it's, it's whatever, it's Soylent Green or some shit. I don't fucking know. It's just, I know it's not chicken. And I'm going to piss a couple of vegans off with this episode. Just bear with me, okay? I got nothing against you being a vegan. I tried it. When I was 19, I tried to be a vegan. I went and I bought nothing but vegetables. And that shit did not last very long. I was like, ain't none of this shit tastes like chorizo. Not one of it. Not not, none of it. Anyway, I got nothing against you guys being a vegan. Uh... I don't want to be a vegan, and I know you're not forcing veganism down my throat by putting it in my KFC, not by any stretch of the imagination. But what I don't get is why any vegan would even bother wanting to go to a KFC. It's a place that serves chicken. Chicken. So stop fucking with the chicken places. You know, like, like the McDonald's. If you ever listen to the comedian Bill Burr, He talks about how McDonald's gave in to the healthy people by offering salads. That's not what McDonald's is. McDonald's is greasy burgers and McNuggets and french fries and milkshakes. That's what that shit is. And then they started offering salads. And that's just not what's supposed to be at McDonald's. Plant-based fried chicken is not what's supposed to be at KFC. 
I mean, we're overlooking the fact that in the middle of the great uh, chicken war of 2019, KFC's answer is to come out with non-chicken chicken. Brilliant move, by the way. Top notch. I'm sure that's going to be a hit. But vegans, no. Why would you just let us have our chicken place? I don't come into a vegan restaurant and go, you know what? I think you need to start serving a meat version of tofu, motherfucker, because I eat here. Well, that's not what we serve. We serve vegan food. Right. And KFC serves motherfucking chicken. But you want to come in there and say it needs to serve vegan food. No. Fuck you and fuck your Beyond Chicken. I'm sorry. Like I said, I got nothing against you being a vegan. But you're saying, well, because you want to come into a chicken place, they should start serving plant-based. Like I said, does that mean because I want to go into one of your vegan places, they got to start serving steak or chicken or pork chops? Just shit out of my KFC. Sorry. Not having it. And while you're at it, get your fucking soy milk away from my real fucking milk. You take your soy soy milk and your almond milk and whatever else kind of fucking non-milk milk you want, and which, which are beyond chicken version of chicken, and take it down to the non-fucking real food store that you're going to open at the corner of 55th, and I ain't fucking going. This is a chicken place. Pollo, say it with me. Chicken, 11 herbs and spices. It's supposed to leave a little residue on your fingers while you're eating it. It's supposed to give your body a little bit of protein and a whole lot of flavor. And damn, then you get a, oh, you get the biscuit and you, you put a little honey on there. Maybe you go potato wedges. I'm more of a mashed potato, no gravy kind of guy. I do like the mac and cheese, but this is a chicken restaurant. So with all due respect to KFC, I truly hope your Beyond Chicken Test in Georgia fails so that you stop trying to do this shit. It's like the NFL trying to do games in Europe. Europe. Never going to happen. There's never going to be a team there. I say it every football season. KFC, stop this shit. Stop giving in to this shit. Just stop it. Sorry, I'm ranting a little bit there. It just, it, that drives me nuts. It drives me fucking nuts. Now, in addition to the Great Chicken War of 2019, there is another debate that is currently going on for the last couple days, actually, uh, on Twitter as to what is the best Seinfeld episode ever. And I got to tell you, when I saw this hashtag going... You know, initially you're like, oh, it's easy, it's going to be this one. But when you start to think about all the different really, really great Seinfeld episodes, it's hard to nail one down. It truly is. There is a lot to choose from. I mean, you got the episode, The Contest. You guys remember that one where they're all going to bet each other who could go the longest without masturbating? And within like a half an hour of the bet commencing, Kramer sneaks off into his apartment Nobody even sees him disappear. And then he shows up out of nowhere and slams his money on the counter and goes, I'm out. Great episode. Absolutely phenomenal episode. You got the soup Nazi. No soup for you. The Balm. Remember that one, Jackie Childs? 
Who told you to put the bomb on? I didn't tell you to put the bomb on. Why'd you put the bomb on? Of course, one of the greats, Festivus. You got The Boyfriend. I don't know if you remember that one. That's the one with Keith Hernandez, where they actually remake the JFK assassination. But it has Keith Hernandez spitting on them outside of the, outside the stadium in the 80s. You remember that one? You got The Marine Biologist. The Marine Biologist, let's be honest. One of the all-time classics. You got Kramer hitting titleless golf balls into the sea to practice. And you got George lying to his girlfriend that he's a marine biologist. He happens to be at the beach with her one day, and there's a beached whale. And everybody, somebody yells out, is there a marine biologist? And she's like, George, you got to go save the, the whale. And he climbs up on top of the whale to find that there's something obstructing its blowhole. And it's a titleless golf ball. Apparently Kramer hit a hole in one into a whale's spout. Just a great episode. The sea was angry that day, my friends. Like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. You have the roommate switch episode. The yada 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 episode. But I gotta tell you, for me, my own personal opinion, I always liked the episodes where they were able to incorporate the old men, Jerry's dad and George's dad. And when he, they had the episodes where they actually played off of one another, I thought those were some of the funniest episodes ever. And so for me, I got to put my vote in for the greatest Seinfeld episode ever as being the Del Boca Vista episode when George's parents are trying to buy a place down there and uh, Jerry's parents are trying to keep him out. And then all of a sudden, George's parents, are you trying to tell me there's not one available unit in all of Del Boca Vista. Great episode. Funny as shit. And the old people playing off of each other. They were just great. The title bombs. Remember them guys down there in, in Florida? Or maybe not the title bombs. You know, the, the three old men doing the gym, lifting weights. They're always going to whoop up every, on everybody. The episode where Jerry's old man gets uh, impeached as the HOA president of their little retirement community down there. And he leaves like Nixon giving the, the peace sign. I love the old people episode. Because old, old people are funny. Old people are funny. They're also pretty fucking depraved. Actually, they can be downright insanely sick. I got a story out of Connecticut about old people. Uh, but I'm warning you right now. Don't have kids in the room. Don't be eating anything. Try not to be drinking anything, any type of fluid, as you listen to this story. This one's going to blow your mind. Fairfield, Connecticut. There's obviously, or apparently, a place in Fairfield, Connecticut called the Grace Richardson Conservation Area. Uh, I can't quite tell if it's part of a forest preserve or what it sounds like it is. Uh, anyway, th this area has become known on social media sites as the place to go hook up for sex. So the cops frequently roll through this place looking for people having sex. And one night, 
they found six people going to town on each other. Um, and they range in ages from 62 to 85. Now, part of you just went, uh, uh. wait. Just, I, just wait a minute. There were six people, as I said. Ages 62 to 85. Five men and one 85-year-old woman performing a gangbang in public at the Grace Richardson Conservation Area. Let me fucking repeat that for a moment if I can. Because it bears repeating. Five men and an 85-year-old. Grandma! What the fuck? Are you... Grandma! (coughs) What the hell are they giving the seniors in Fairfield, Connecticut? That an 85-year-old woman is taking on five senior dicks in public in Connecticut. Are you kidding me? Dude, eat a Snickers. Holy shit. 85-year-old woman. You see, you read something like that, I read something like that, and my mind instantly says Florida. But no, this is Connecticut. Think about your grandparents for a moment. The youngest guy was 62. 15 years older than me. And an 85-year-old woman. Knock it off. God damn it, you can have some fun. You can still do fun things. But you are not staging geriatric gangbangs out in the open. I'm sorry. We live in a fucking society. We got to draw the line. Holy shit. Can you imagine being one of the officers responding to that one? Rolling up with a fucking flashlight, walking through the woods, coming to a clearing. Boom. Granny just taking dick. Whoa. Like I said, you'd think it was Florida, but it's not. However, I do have a couple of Florida stories for you. We're going to do a couple of Florida stories before we do the football picks at the very end. I've put the football picks at the very end. That way, when we get to that point, the people that aren't interested in football can just turn it off. So let's go ahead and do a couple of Florida stories before we get to those picks, because we got a couple of doozies this week. First story is of a 62-year-old Central Florida woman named Mary Westerland. Mary got got herself pulled over. Mary had been drinking a little bit. 
Mary knew she wasn't going to pass the breathalyzer test, so what she did, she bet the, the, the officer a quarter that she would blow double to the .08 level. I could blow I bet you I blow double. First things first, that'll get you arrested every time. You start betting the officer that you could blow double the legal limit. And let me tell you something, Mary did not disappoint. Mary blew a point two two nine. Point oh eight is the legal limit. She blew a two two nine. Needless to say, she won her twenty five cent bet, but Mary got her ass carted off to jail for the night. That is a definite gets you arrested every damn time. Betting the officer that you're going to blow double. <sighs> but that's not the best Florida story of the week. No, the best Florida story, story of the week involves a couple, as it usually does. It's a younger couple. For those down in the Florida area, they're going to hear the name of the town and they're going to go, of course, the town would be Fort Pierce, Florida. Down in Fort Pierce, Florida, we have a uh, 26-year-old man named Cody Lee Havens and his 23-year-old girlfriend, Chastity Bodnar. Now, apparently, the two of these two, the, both of these uh, two, like to tie it on every now and again, get themselves good and drunk. But Chastity apparently likes to do it a bit more than Cody does. So Cody decided to confront her. Hey, you know, you're drinking way too much. You're getting, you're getting passed out on the couch every night eating Doritos and sick of living like this. You got to do something about your drinking problem. Now, Chastity, who was, shockingly, drinking at the time, she gave Cody all the red flags in the world to say, hey, time to move it on down the line. Because initially, upon hearing her boyfriend confront her about her drinking problem, her response was to whip her phone at him, which proceeded to hit him in the throat. And that's the least crazy thing this bitch did. This Cody was then like, all right, you fuck this shit. And he left the house through the garage. And apparently she followed him out into the garage where she took this. I am trying to get this picture in my head because this is just so Florida. You know, picture it is hot and it's muggy. And there's palm trees outside the, 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 the open garage door. And there in the garage is this psycho bitch, probably dressed like that Tammy chick from the internet with the sleeveless shirts. And she takes two cans of beer, slams them together and chugs them, a la Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then proceeded to tackle his ass and start beating the snot out of him. In the garage. <laughs> I guess when the cops showed up and took his statement, he said to them, the bitch went Stone Cold Steve Austin on my ass. Yeah, dude, that's a red flag. If you tell your girlfriend, hey, you got a little bit of a drinking problem, and she slams two beers together and chugs them before whooping your ass, just pack your shit. It doesn't matter how you feel about her. Just pack your shit. It's over. It's done. Time to move on down the line. 
That is as many red flags as one human being can possibly provide you, and it's time for your ass to leave. And that, my friends, is Florida to a T. She stone-cold Steve Austin his ass when she confronted him about her drinking. Slam, bitch! Get your ass over here. Oh, that is fucking classic Florida right there. Classic, classic Florida. But I got to do the picks this week. So uh, if you guys aren't into football, turn it off. If you are into football and you're listening on an anchor platform, here's a little bit of music to take us into the 2019 NFL picks. That's right, baby. Football is back. Football starts next Thursday. So we got to get the picks in. Instead of doing a standalone episode dedicated to the picks, I figure we'll just do them at the end of this episode and just incorporate them into the weekly. Um, before we even get into the picks, <clears throat> anybody that knows me, follows me for any period of time, knows I'm a diehard Indianapolis Colts fan. And uh, obviously we had the news of the year <clears throat> this past week with their sudden, sudden and shocking retirement of Andrew Luck. Excuse me, had a little frog in my throat. <clears throat> so, I want to address <clears throat> the Andrew Luck retirement if I could. I believe 100% that he's just been beaten down mentally and physically by the whole scenario. Um, I also believe that part of the thing that beat him down was misdiagnosis on the, par- on the part of the Colts. If you remember, they misdiagnosed his shoulder and, and suffered nothing but problems when he came back until he was able to straighten it out himself and then wound up having one of the greatest seasons last year, averaging over 30 points a game. And then they told him this was a calf, but it turned out to be an ankle bone and, and it, it was... Um, another misdiagnosis, and, you know, you have to think about how quickly he could have gotten back the first time had they diagnosed the shoulder properly. And he might be seeing that and going, you know what, that's it, I've had enough. I'm, gonna, I'm 29 years old, i got a life ahead of me, I'm, I'm out. The hell with this shit. I absolutely see that. <clears throat> um, I want to address the fans booing him real quick. I get what people are saying that the fans should not have booed him. I agree with that. I don't know that the people in the stadium had all the information at the time. You have to remember that when he was getting booed, the news just broke there in the second half of that game that he had retired and nothing as to why he was was retiring. So the, the Colts faithful... All they see is, was this guy walking out on us a week and a half before the season without knowing all the facts? I think had you given everybody the facts in that stadium in real time, you might not have had the same response. There was one person who said this was one of the most millennial things ever. Just walk away. Things got too tough. Uh, No, this is one of the most intelligent things ever. As much as it kills me to have one of the best quarterbacks in the league retire at 29, especially since we gave up Peyton Manning for him, and believe me, 
It's pissed me off a couple of times thinking about what could have been. Remember, Peyton went on to play many more years. Peyton went on to break records that he did wearing a Broncos uniform instead of a Colts uniform. He went to two more Super Bowls, winning one. Imagine four Peyton Manning Super Bowl appearances with the horseshoe, even if he was 50-50 on them, won two, lost two. Still would have been nice. I mean, we had a good run with, with, with Andrew Luck. And if he was retiring because he was unhappy with the organization or something, what the fuck, man? They drafted you number one. They moved a legend aside for you. But that's not the case. The guy really was injured, really is injured. And so I understand where he's coming from. I think the Colts got to do a much better job of diagnosing their people. Or they're not going to have people that want to play for him. It's just my personal opinion. All right, so let's get into my official 2019 picks. This is where a couple of people are listening. This is where Pat is listening for our annual bet. This is where uh, Sean is listening to hear what I have to say about the Bears and the Colts and so forth and so on. So let's go ahead and get in. This is who I believe is going to wind up winning each one of the divisions and then who I believe is going to make it into the wild card. I don't do playoff predictions until the playoffs get here because then we start fresh with the playoffs and we start picking teams. And I do pick teams every week just so the people who found me for the first time understand how it works. Every Friday I will give you the picks for that Sunday and Monday's game and you just don't get the Thursday picks, okay? Uh, because it happens a day after. It just so happens to be how it is. Anyway. Uh, the week before Thanksgiving, I'll usually say who I think is going to win the three Thanksgiving games. But other than that, I don't, I don't make the Thursday night picks just because it's a Friday podcast. So let's start with the NFC. NFC North, I got the Packers winning that division. Calm down, you fucking Bears fans. Wait until you hear it all. Just calm down. I got the Packers winning the North. I think the Saints are going to take the South. I think the Eagles are going to take the East, and the Rams, of course, are going to take the West, because it's the West and it's the Rams. Uh, now, people, people might hear that and go, well, what about the Seahawks? Still a good team. Still a good team. Uh, but they're not the Rams. I mean, and I'm not a Rams fan, but the, you have to admit that the Rams are just a good team, period. It's, they, they just are. Uh, I think the wild cards are going to be the Cowboys and the Bears. See, in that North and that East divisions, I think that, so I got the Packers winning the division, but I think it's going to be barely eking out the Bears. Packers, Bears, you're probably going to come down and then see the uh, Lions and the uh, Vikings duke it out for those last two spots. Could go either way. Now, having said that, you know me. I have said for years that I have a ton of faith in in the ability of Matt Stafford. I would not be surprised to see the Lions come up and shock some people. But I got Packers barely edging out Bears, both of them making the playoffs. And I got Eagles barely edging out Cowboys, but both of them making the playoffs. So Packers, Saints... Eagles, Rams, Bears, Cowboys. Now in the AFC. This is where people are going to be like, okay, this is, 
This is where his boys are. He was going to pick his Colts. Oh, I was. 110%. Andrew Luck, the season he had last year, the weapons he has, the offensive line that was built, the coaching. I, I was ready and prepared to pull the trigger on the Colts in the South. So let me give you my picks for the AFC. I believe the AFC North is going to be won by the Cleveland Browns. Sit down. Sit down. You heard that correctly. I believe the mistake by the lake is actually going to win a division. I didn't think I would ever say that in my lifetime. Because Cleveland sucks as a city. But I think that the Browns are actually going to do it. I think that this Browns... That shit that they tried with Johnny Manziel was just that. It was shit. This Browns team that they've put together has a chance of taking that division. I think that the East is going to be the Patriots because it's still the fucking Patriots. And they suck. I fucking hate them. They cheat. They're assholes. I don't want them to win anything. I don't ever want them to win another game, ever, as long as the organization exists. I want them to go 184 seasons and oh. But I think they're going to win the East. And I think the West is going to be won by the Chiefs. But Tom, what about the South? Who are you going to pick to overtake the division and take it away from your beloved Colts. Let me give you the wild cards first. I think the wild cards are going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Chargers. So I think the North, the Browns are going to win it, but the Steelers are going to come out of that division as a wild card. And out West, I think the Chiefs are going to win it, but I think that Phillip Rivers is going to get his team into the playoffs as a wild card. Now we move on to the AFC South. I got to tell you, Put a lot of thought into this one. Because I was I had the Colts written down before Andrew retired. And after he retired, I sat back and I, I really dove into that division. So like, Houston just lost their running back for the season, tore his ligament in his knees. Jacksonville, they're starting fresh with a fresh coach and quarterback and system and they got a good defense, but, I mean, is, is that quarterback the guy? Is the system going to work? Is the coaching system going to work with him? I don't know. What about Tennessee? You know, Mariota does not look like what he's supposed to look like. So I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do here, folks. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say that the Indianapolis Colts are still going to win the NFC South. It's going to be the worst division in football. It could be one of those divisions that somebody with a barely winning record or maybe even a losing record wins a division. We've had that shit happen in the past. It's going to be probably the worst division in football. And I think the Colts are still going to come out on top. Because when I look at everything else that's going on in the division... Houston losing their, 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 their running back for the season. The, the whole new setup in Jacksonville. Mariota not living up to the billing. And then I look at the Colts and I go, listen, the, we have an offensive line that doesn't let you touch the quarterback. We've got a stout defense. We've got a good kicking game, a good special teams game. The coaching staff has got it dialed in right. And when Jacoby Brissett had to play, he knew what the hell he was doing. Don't go get Brock Osweiler. Don't try that bullshit. Just see if you can win the division with Jacoby Brissett while looking for an actual real quarterback. 
but I'm going to go official here. I'm going to say the Indianapolis Colts win the division. So the division winners and wild the division winners in the AFC, Browns, Colts, Patriots, Chiefs, and the wild cards being the Steelers and the Chargers. And once again, to recap, the NFC division winners, Packers, Saints, Eagles, Rams, with the wild cards being the Bears and the Cowboys. Patrick Prignano, what say you? Got to get those picks in. Every year we make a bet as to who picks up the cost of the appetizer for a dinner when we get the, uh, the, 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 him and I and our wives together for the football bet after the football season's over with. So I, want, I need your division winners and your wild card picks before the end of the night next Wednesday. The season kicks off on Thursday. And I'm going to go ahead and give you Thursday's winner right now. Next Friday, I'm going to do all the next Sunday's winners and the Monday night winners. But I'm going to go ahead and give you next Thursday's winner right now. I got the Packers opening up 1-0 against the Chicago Bears starting next Thursday. All right, folks, that's all I got for you this week. As always, stay grateful. Now enjoy a little bit of the Friday song.